Welcome to Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Fate. In this show, I am going to help you to build strong spiritual muscles. We are going to get real and talk about real life situations that we go through, but how to not only go through, how to grow through. It's time to get spiritually, to get spiritually, to get spiritually, to get spiritually. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Fate. I want to thank you so much for joining me for today's show. And I tell you what, I say this every time, and you guys are just going to have to just bear with me because I am so excited about today's <laughs> show. Um, my next guest that I have on today's show is a very special guest, and I want to talk about her for a bit because... She is the wife of Apostle Fritz Musser from my home church, Tabernacle International Church here in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And she is our lovely first lady, Miss Pastor Lisa. Welcome to Get Spiritually Fit today. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with your smiling face, Michaela. Evangelist Michaela, it's a blessing. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, you are so welcome. You look absolutely beautiful just well, glowing so do you thank you so do you <laughs> oh well thank you so much so let me give a little bit of a backdrop on our pastor lisa because pastor lisa i mean she's just filled with passion filled with a heart for for god and for people and it just totally shows um, you know, just welcomed me to Tabernacle from the first moment that I got there. And just is just such a blessing to all of us women and men at Tabernacle. So Pastor Lisa, we just want to thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's a blessing to um, be able to serve God and to serve people. So um, thank you for your words. You are so welcome. Now, our Pastor Lisa has been in ministry for about 15 years, grew up in a, in a, uh, a home that was filled with the spirit of God, um, had parents that were, uh, were they in ministry, Pastor Lisa, or they, well, um, we grew up, like you said, um, knowing God from yes. day one. I did, my mom always worked in the church office, wherever we went to church, which we didn't church hop. So, you know, she yes. worked uh, it, um, until we would move somewhere else. Um, she would always work in the church office um, of the church we went to. So we were always inside ministry. And then my father um, taught a lot. He was a, um, or is still a PhD in chemistry. So usually, um, you know, we were connected with a church school situation. So my dad was always teaching. He actually gave up, you know, as a um, PhD in chemistry, he had been, um, he had a great job in the world, you know, making money. I mean, that's a pretty high situation there, but he actually sacrificed all of that to go into ministry. Um, not preaching and teaching, but he taught in the Christian schools that um, the churches we went to were a part of. Like I said, we were always in a Christian church, um, Christian school connection environment. So um, he gave up a lot of um, worldly, you know, money and things like that to go into 
um, ministry and to, you know, put, keep us in an environment in school and have my mom in a, you know, in a working environment in the church. So um, if that makes sense, that's, that's kind of the situation. So, and then he always coached basketball teams of the schools we were at. So my parents are both always really, we were really involved with every aspect of our lives. And it, it was a blessing that we weren't, um, you know, having kind of a separate um, situation and then they were working over here, but we were all, I have a sister, a younger sister. So the four of us were just all together all the time. My parents were never absentee at all. And I consider myself very blessed for that, especially as I get older and understand, you know, how other uh, situations were for people growing up. I, I understand better and better what a blessing it was to have them both. I mean, in my life, 24 seven, you know, at school, at home, at church, they were a part of, and they did that. They did that for us. And also just to answer the call um, of God on their lives. So. Wow. That's, I mean, like you said, what a blessing to yeah. have that. I mean, that is just truly from God. Right. That's right. Which right. is a blessing. Yeah, it was. It was a blessing. And so, you know, um, it, it, it was a blessing that my dad led us, you know, in the ways of God. I mean, that's all I knew. That's a blessing. You know, sometimes, as you know, that can work against you, you know, if you grow up in the church and then, you know, you sometimes all of that can work against you. But my parents were very balanced and they, um, it was all about God, you know, and not just going through the motions of religion. And then also, um, the biggest blessing of it is that, you know, we were loved. I mean, my childhood was a good childhood and I consider that, such a blessing now because I never doubted my parents love I had a father who loved me and a mother who I mean they sacrificed everything for us and we didn't grow up with the money or things but I grew up with the love of two parents and that is priceless to me and I see now how that foundation you know um, set me up for um, you know what God had in store down the road but it's just a blessing to now nowadays as you know Michaela um evangelist Michaela it's almost unusual for a child to grow up in a home with both parents you know and I mean you know you're you're married and you're raising your daughter like that but it's so special and um, all of the sacrifices that they made for my sister and I to grow up with them both there and loving us and guiding us is um Boy, I tell you, I wouldn't take anything in the world for that. Wow. <laughs> that, that love really grounded me and kept me, um, and I know I'm going totally off topic, but that kept me, I think, from, you know, needing it from a man or somebody, you know, oh, yes. having that emptiness that I needed a man. I needed, you know, that, that, that being fulfilled, first of all, in God's love, but then in the love of a father and a mother, um, kept me from having a void that a lot of people have when they don't have that love early on and then they seek it, seek out, you know, um, a daughter that doesn't have her father in her life will seek out that love, that father love in a man. Just, and so, um, you know, I've had other issues and other things, so I'm not saying, oh, my life is perfect because I know we're going to talk about that. So it wasn't, but for that, I will always be thankful for the blessing of God. <laughs> well, amen. Well, listen, there is nothing wrong with, of course, honoring your parents and being grateful for where you've come from. You know, everybody has not had a life uh, early life of struggle or, you know, whatever, but we all have situations. And that is what we're going to be talking about on the show. I have Pastor Lisa here today to talk about how setbacks are setups. And this is going to be such a powerful show because 
every single one of us, if we haven't, then we will have some type of setback. Right. Or it will seem as though it's a setback, but we want to come to encourage everybody today to know that your setback is actually a setup by God if you are willing to, number one, trust him, because that's mm -hmm. key. I mean, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We know that. So if you will, number one, trust him, and then if you will rely on him and wait on him, because that's a whole other situation, and we're going to talk about how that is not the easiest thing to do, but it is absolutely necessary. Amen. So let's go ahead and invite the Holy Spirit into the show, okay? Okay. Thank you, Lord. And just call me Michaela. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Father, we love you and we yes. glorify you, oh God. Yes. Father God, we just magnify you. You're there's no God like you. Amen. There's no God like you. Not anywhere, oh God. You are perfect. You are just divine, oh God. You are matchless and incomparable. And we worship you, oh Jesus. Yes. And Father God, we invite you into this show to take over. Take over our hearts and minds and let your Holy Spirit just flow. Yes. Father God, we know that it's the anointing that's going to break the yokes, oh God. And so we ask that you will anoint us, anoint our voices, let everyone just give them ears to hear what the Spirit is saying through Pastor Lisa and I. And just help everyone to leave encouraged and empowered to know that no matter where they are, no matter what they've done, no matter where, what they go through, that you are in full control yes. and that you have the final say. We love you and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Pastor Lisa. So you kind of have already given the audience kind of a backdrop to your life. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I started talking. This is like, I mean, it's like girl talk. It's like, it's, I mean, we have the Holy Spirit here, but there is no, you know, format that we have to stick to. We are just free to kind of just be, we're free to be you and me. How about that? Okay. That sounds great. Girl talk is always good. I just have to stay focused. So, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about how setbacks are setups. And so you talked about your, your early life with your parents. Now give a little bit of your background in ministry, just so we kind of know, I know we, we know that you've been in ministry for about 15 years, but give us kind of a little bit of a background on that. Sure. Well, um, I'm putting the 15 years with um, when I married my husband, because as you know, you know, he's the senior pastor of Tabernacle International Church here in Lawrenceville. So that's where I'm getting 15 years from. So, you know, I grew up in the church and, and everything. But as far as it wasn't until I married him that, um, well, ministry, first of all, to back it up, the first ministry is always in the home. Amen. So my first ministry to this day is to my husband. And also to my family. Um, so that's where ministry starts. And that's, um, that's enough right there a lot of the times. But I'm really grateful, Michaela, that my husband and I, as you know, we um, serve and ministry together side by side. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that um, a lot of husbands and wives can't even work together or, you know, they clash or there's this comp competitive spirit or something. Um, but we just walk beautifully through life together and in ministry together. So um, when we got married, then I began um, just by 
the man, not that there was everybody wanting me. I don't mean it like that, but just, um, I'd be, <laughs> Come on, Pastor Lisa. I know. I just, everybody was after me and I chose. What I meant was like, then I started getting the invitations to speak. So, um, you know, so churches to women's, um, conferences to, church conferences to all different things and here at TIC of course but um sometimes it was a part of being with my husband and sometimes it was separate and then you know we would go on um to mission fields together and I would uh, minister there as well so by the, when we started um in ministry together when we got married is really what I'm calling you know 15 years so but even so you know the main ministry is of, like I said to my husband and then just, um, I don't want to say pastoring because he's the senior pastor and the apostle of the church, but being alongside him in this house to um, help shepherd this house and pastor this house outside of family and uh, my husband, this is the main ministry. And of course, you know, I have a heart and a focus on women. And we have a strong um, leader of our women's ministry, Marcia Hines, but um, she's working a full-time job and I'm, you know, right there, we're right there together and, um, and doing separate things too for women. And then also additionally, you know, I'm just right there with everything my husband's doing, um, even, you know, behind the scenes and everything. I mean, we just have that kind of a beautiful God ordained um, relationship and, and ministry partnership. And so, you know, we just get along beautifully and perfectly to where um, we don't want to be without the other one. So, you know, here at the church, you know, our offices are across the hall and we're constantly in each other's offices, just um, throwing things off each other. And, you know, we, we actually want to be together. So um, this, this is my main, my main ministry now, but right. I would say, you know, 15 years ago is when I started doing other things as far as teaching, um, mentoring, counseling, um, things like that. Wow. That I mean, yes, that's beautiful. I mean, like you said, it starts in your home first. I think that ministry, um, we, we tend to, people tend to always think of preaching and teaching, but I love when, what you said about your dad, I love giving people other ideas and just putting that thought in their head. God can use you. Even if you don't feel like I haven't been called to preach, I haven't been called to teach. I want to talk about, um, you know, just in ministry, because you obviously being in ministry so long and being with Apostle, you've seen many things in life oh, yeah. and in ministry. Right. Um, and sometimes in life and in ministry, we experience setbacks. Mm-hmm. And we don't typically usually understand the setback because we think, okay, we're doing this for God. We're serving, as you talked about so beautifully, just serving alongside your husband, which is absolutely incredible. I mean, just such a blessing. But sometimes we experience setbacks in our life. And sometimes we experience setbacks in ministry and so many people are going through so many setbacks. I mean, it could be health, it could be mental, it could be financial, it could be in their marriage, it could be all of the above all at the same time. Because yeah. as you know, and as I know, sometimes it seems like the storms are all raging at the same time and it's a perfect storm. And then there you are going, I just want to serve God. I just want to... <laughs> 
I just want to operate in my calling and serve God and I'm doing, and I love people. And as you talked about, just, you know, being there for the women and encouraging, that's a whole ministry in itself. Very much so. Women are going through things these days that um, are just unheard of, just unheard of challenges, responsibilities, struggles. Yes. And so there you are as the mother of TIC, the spiritual mother of the house and you're, and you're not only do, are you going through your own setbacks, but you also are ministering and encouraging people who are going through their setbacks as well, which I believe being in ministry, Pastor Lisa, that sometimes it's encouraging and it it empowers you and it it makes you feel so good to take your mind off of your own circumstance and your situation and to place it on someone else who's hurting and going through. Would you say that in your ministry and in your life that it it fills you with a joy, it fills you with a sense of peace and, and gratefulness that you, while you are going through your own storms of life, you're able to pour into other people as they're going through as well. Yes, that's a great point because sometimes, you, you know, I know that you've experienced this as well. Sometimes the things that we go through and the setbacks, the so-called setbacks that we go through, um, we go through them for the purpose of helping other people along. So, you know, even though I can speak the word of God into a situation that I haven't personally been through because um, I can speak the word of God into that because his word is truth and his word is the word on the situation. But people seem to be a lot more receptive to something you've actually gone through yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and like, for example, with death, you know, um, if you've been experienced the death of a loved one, then you're going to just by the experience, be able to be a lot more effective in ministering to somebody who's grieving. And that's such a delicate situation. And the words that you say and the words that you don't say, and you know, having been there and having walked the shoes gives you a sensitivity to the person that you might not have otherwise. And just knowing, like you said, Michaela, when you're going through something and then somebody else is going through something, to me, that just shows all the more how we need each other. You know, the Bible tells us to carry one another's burdens. So just because, you know, the tendency sometimes is to withdraw if we're going through something, a struggle, and like you put it so perfectly, if we're going through if they snowball and they just all come at one time, then we're overwhelmed. And then we you know, feel like all we can do is get through a day at a time. And then the tendency is to withdraw. And then when somebody withdraws because they're just dealing with so much, then sooner or later, they usually can find themselves in a pit. And it starts to see, I, I can see these things when they come now in, in people that are, um, starting to take just a turn downwards into a pit because, you know, and, but the thing I'm saying is that that's when we need each other. That's when we need to bear each other's burdens. And so that's why, you know, the, like we, we have a tendency to say, well, call me if you need anything. But the, what I found is people that are in a pit or that are struggling, um, they're not going to reach out and call anyone because first of all, they don't have the mental or the physical energy to reach out at all. And then they're so buried under that they feel oftentimes like, I don't want to burden somebody with this. Oh, she's too busy or, you know, they're in such a low place that they don't even want to talk to somebody like you that's all happy enough. You know, they just don't, they, they, they find um, almost, I mean, 
comfort and their misery or their solitude. They just find, and that's the strategy of the enemy because if the enemy can isolate us, yeah. then he can just have a heyday with us, especially if we're low and we're struggling already, then that's just a prime time in our weakness. If we just choose to isolate and cut ourselves off from others and even God, then that's, then the enemy can come right in there in our isolation and in our weakness and attack and, and attack. And he has a chance of being more effective and taking us deeper and deeper um, into it. And, and, changing our perspective and changing the way we see what we're going through as just impossible and overwhelming. And he can even put thoughts of suicide or just really extreme thoughts in our mind and he can get a foot in our mind. And then, you, as you know, once he controls our mind, then he controls our words, he controls our actions, he controls our decisions and our behaviors. So um, it's really important. I think when we go through things, um, that we check on each other, that we actively check on each other. If you just, you know, a lot of times the spirit will just um, give you a check that, you know, that sister, I've seen her off to the side and she's not, she's not herself. And we just can't wait on people to let us know and to reach out because in their place of weakness and their low place, they're not going to have the strength to do that. So I always tell people, you know, we have to be more proactive and we have to be more willing to step out of the busyness of life. And that's another strategy of the enemy is just for everyone to be just too busy. Yes. And if we're too busy to care about each other and we're too busy to, um, take the time to reach out to another brother or sister, then we're too busy. Then we're just too busy. Just, <laughs> listen, we're just too daggone busy. We're just too busy. Right. That's just, we just are. <laughs> the phones need to be set aside and put down every now and then. And, you know, we sometimes have to recenter ourselves yes. and come back to what matters. And what matters is God and people. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, that's what matters. So that's the heart of God. You know, the commandment is to love God with all of our hearts and then to love each other yes. as ourselves. And we can't ever lose focus of what's really important. I, one, the way I put it a lot of times, is that oftentimes in today's society, we sacrifice the important for the urgent. So in other words, all the things that are coming, you know, demanding our time and all the busyness of life, then we put the important things like each other, like our spouse or our child, you know, they're the ones that we're first to say, well, they'll understand, they know, but no, they, they should be first after God. And um, so we can't ever get to the place where we're so busy that we sacrifice the important things, you know, checking on a person, a human being, a, a child of God, putting, you know, putting busy lives and busy schedules and cramming one more thing in to do. Um, we have to see that and understand that that's not God's will for us to just constantly be sacrificing the important things as he deems important in his order of things and sacrifice that for just, you know, the fires that are burning that need our attention and that we feel okay. like we need to put out. So, um, wow. Well, yeah. you know what, that's so powerful what you said, Pastor Lisa, because we have to remember what's important and that's, and I just did a show with your husband on setting boundaries. That is where proper boundaries have to be because to me, like I, like I said to apostle, I believe that setting boundaries is about prioritizing your life. I mean, what, where should in, in what order should I be doing this? And what order should this person be in my life? God has the answers. We have to rely on him to give us that wisdom, that insight and that understanding. And I'm so grateful that you're on the show because that is what you're bringing to the show is 
wisdom and insight and understanding to help people in your years of experience and just going through the school of life because I think that there's a saying, there's no greater teacher than life. I mean, well, Jesus obviously is the greatest teacher of all, but life teaches us some things as well. And so we Mm -hmm. need to share this wisdom and insight because like you said, someone going through so much hurt and pain Mm -hmm. and they've already gone through it. And then to help other people navigate through that, you know, be healed through that, be there for them. And like you said, sometimes we are just too darn busy and we just have to slow down and say is what i'm about to do the most important thing right now should i be doing this right now or could i help this brother and this sister and offering prayer i mean you know you may not be able to talk to them on the phone but let's offer up prayer for our brothers and sisters that I pray for people whether they tell me something is wrong or not, because if something's not wrong now, tomorrow, it could be wrong. That's right. That's a, and that's a great point because sometimes people underestimate what it means to pray for somebody. When I say I'm praying for you, you know, sometimes people, uh, they underestimate how powerful that is. I'm not just praying for you. I mean, I'm calling down heaven on your behalf. I'm bridging the gap between your situation and God almighty. I'm, you know, when you pray for somebody, that's the best thing you can do for them. And it's not like, well, the only thing I can do for them. It's that is the number one thing you can do for them is to call God and all of the fire of heaven down into their situation. And so it's not, sometimes it just seems like people think, I'm praying for you. Right. I'm praying. And then, oh, okay, well, that's all you're going to do. But that's like the greatest thing you can do. But of course, that's assuming that you're really doing it because then there's the side of it where people say that and then they don't, they just don't. That's their way of, you know, just saying what they think they need to say, but then they're not, they're not really doing it. But, you know, when like, for example, if you have a, a prayer request come to the church all the time and when we say, you know, I mean, we take it seriously. We have a, a ministry of intercession and when those prayer requests go out when you know that there is a church family calling down heaven on your behalf and going to God on behalf of the people that is there's there's nothing better that can be done and you know demons flee at that when we when we just put the name of Jesus on every issue whether it's a medical issue someone's going through a relational one when we just as a church body or a family you know come together and put the name of Jesus on that the devils have to flee the 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 attacks are just nullified they're stopped in their steps when we call down the name that is above all name all names and call down the power of god there's nothing greater nothing can stand against it so it's it's um you know when you're in a a good church like ours is of course but we're not the only one but you know that there's so much that's why i said you know michaela the it's a strategy of the enemy to isolate people because he knows that he's disconnecting them from that very power 
the power of prayer and unity of the saints and the prayer of the church, the love of a church family. And then he knows that if he can just disconnect somebody from that in their weakness, then what, what I said earlier, you know, he can just get them off to the side and just beat them up and have a heyday. He can kill, steal and destroy from them all day long because yeah. they've chosen to just, you know, and it's not like it's their fault or, you know, I'm not condemning them because it's where they are, but that's why it's so important for the body of Christ to be proactive. And like you said, if all you can do, and sometimes like you said it beautifully, they don't even have to know necessarily. Sometimes God even reveals things to us and just says, just pray for the person. And it's not like you even have to say anything. You just have to use wisdom and listen to the spirit in those situations. But, you know, to, to be able to just pray for people and to be discerning and to, to see a need or even not even know the specific need. Sometimes it's not revealed, but you can just discern, like, yes. I'm just, I'm going to go to war in the spirit for that sister over there and, or for her child, I just, you know, discern some kind of struggle. I don't even need to know what it is yes. to go to battle, um, to go to war for them on their behalf behalf and that's that's what it's all about really that's Man. that's what it's all about loving god that's what we say around here is love god and love people and if you love people then you stop being so darn busy and you take the time to care to go to war for them to you know go to god and we have to help you know lift up their arms and um you know help that's when the battles won when people come alongside and lift up the arms of each other and help each other um win our battles you know of course we know that god has already won every battle to get to that place of victory you know because god has won them he started at the end and worked backwards to where we are now so um he He's already gone ahead of us and made all the crooked places straight, Amen. but it takes a sister or brother to come alongside and lead each other and, and not let each other just get over here um, and feel forgotten and just abandoned to where the enemy has that heyday. That's, that's, you know, when we say we love people, love is um, a word of action. It's Amen. not just, um, a feeling, you know, it's right. love is an action word, even in marriage and all areas of life. When we say we love somebody, it has to be more than just something we say, you know, there has to be action behind it. I love you and I'll go to war for you. I'll, I'll you know, battle for you and put on my armor, not just for myself, but for you. <laughs> Amen. Wow. Just powerful. I'm going like, hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I know we're getting totally off topic, but I'm, tr I'm trusting you to guide us. You're the host this yes, year. So absolutely. Guide us. No, this is totally, this is divinely appointed. So we are actually, I believe that this is on topic for, for the people that are going to be listening because we go through these seemingly, they're setbacks and we go through these situations and we don't know what God's intention is in them. So we get discouraged, we, we get depressed, we get downcast and we say, okay, why am I doing this? But this is still happening. Why, why, is, why am I trying, but it seems to be getting worse. Why am I taking two steps forward to take four steps back? This can't be God, this can't be right. So I love what you're talking about because you have experienced your own setbacks and I've experienced setbacks, but it's in that shift when God gives us that heavenly perspective, and you said something, sometimes we can choose to stay in a place, and sometimes, yes, the enemy, he does, he tries to isolate us, and he tries to get us into a place of confusion and doubt and unbelief and fear and all of that, but that is a choice to choose to stay in that place. 
None of us are bound by that place. We have the blood of Jesus that will never lose its power. Amen. We have victory in all situations. We win. Yes. We yes. can depend on the author and the finisher of our faith to see yes. us through every situation. So I love what you said because you're encouraging people to know that regardless of where they are, where they find themselves, what the enemy is doing, and all of this is happening. So all of it is very much relevant. There's always going to be circumstances, situations, and the enemy's going to be here. I like the saying, it's the same old devil, but God's mercies are new every day. So Amen. yeah, it's an old devil, but we have new mercies. That's right. Amen. <laughs> so, you know, I just... I love what you're speaking to. I want you to talk about, because I know you had a situation, a health crisis that you had, had gone through. And I want you to just kind of briefly talk about that. We at T Tabernacle, we know the situation, but I want you to kind of give some, some background on what happened so that we can just have people understand and know, Pastor Lisa, yes, she's the first lady. She's married to apostle. She has difficult situations and circumstances and has experienced health issues and other things just like everybody else yes. so talk to us about what you went through and then i'll kind of talk to you i, I want to ask you some questions about how your faith saw you through that sure well um i got a blood clot just pretty much out of the blue um and uh so it landed me in the hospital which was a surprise, uh, you know, a setback. And um, I thought, yeah, I thought I was going to die. I mean, I had, you know, it was in my lungs and in my leg. And um, after the fact, I found out that God actually has us designed so perfectly and wonderfully made <laughs> that there was, ac there were actually alternative routes that my blood could take to, to keep doing what it needed to do um, without that clot. But anyhow, it, you know, I just found myself in a place I had never been in a hospital bed. And then um, also a setback um, going even back, Michaela, because I was telling you about my parents and how I grew up and everything. Well, that perfect little family, my parents divorced. So, you know, that's a, that was a setback because they were, you know, they were godly. I was, you know, they were leading us in the ways of God and we were just a tight little family and never would I have seen that coming. But they ended up getting divorced just so everybody sees that, you know, when you're in ministry, you don't live in a perfect little life on a cloud somewhere. It's, it's the real world. And I could have easily said, you know, that just invalidates everything I've ever learned about God. everything they've ever taught me. It just completely invalidates that when they got divorced. Um, we've seen financial hardship as a ministry, you know, um, um, the king, as you know, the kingdom of God, it's, it's, it needs to be financed. And so, um, we went through a struggle trying to get this, um, our sanctuary, our current sanctuary financed, trying to get the mortgage on the place that the um, whole economy just fell out at that time. And um, right now I'm just telling you some setbacks, but not yeah. then because I know then you'll get to how they turn around. But, you know, that's um, financial devastation is hard on people. Many, many people experience this business-wise or individually and families, people, even at that time we were going through that as a ministry, um, many people were losing homes and losing jobs, losing, losing things. I um, lost my job at one point and it was, and a really, it was after I got married, um, they were laying off people and I survived all the layoffs as long. And I wasn't um, an employee. I was an independent contractor. So I survived layoff after layoff and I was praising God. And um, 
then my time came. They just kept cutting back in this company I was with. And the thing that was a really hard blow was I wasn't working. I was married at this time and I wasn't working to buy flashy clothes or for myself. I was working to support my family. So I was working to support my um, mother and my disabled sister, my autistic nephew. So that was a real hard thing that I lost my job. And it was, you know, it was for a I was working for a kingdom purpose to take care of my family. So, and then of course, you know, we've experienced death. A lot of people, um, I touched on grief a, a little bit earlier, but we, my husband recently this year, we lost my husband's baby brother. Um, my sister lost her only child in 2016. He was 23. So these are premature deaths. You know, these aren't, a parent is never supposed to have to bury their child. So these deaths, you know, are um, not natural as far as, you know, the older people die first. So, you know, as usually, so, you know, we've experienced just premature death of family members. And so, you know, I live in the real world and have um, gone through the we, the financial issues, death, job loss, as you mentioned, medical issues, um, being in the hospital, feeling like, you know, is death imminent? Am I, um, and it's easy for your faith to be tested in these times. This is where, you know, the rubber meets the road, as they say. Yes. So, wow. Yeah. I love that you were just so honest about even going back to your childhood because I mean, many people experience their parents divorcing, um, all types of, you know, I mean, there's abuse, there's, um, you know, finances, there's all types of things that we go through health issues. And what I hear you saying is you experienced all of that. And here you are today, still trusting God, still believing, and your faith was tested. And I want everybody to be encouraged from what Pastor Lisa is saying, because all of our faith, all of us who have faith, our faith will be tested. It's not, it's not a question. It's written that we're, we're going to be tested. So what I love about what you did is you're still here and you're still trusting God today. And that's, it's not about how many times we fall. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times and he gets back up. I, I love what you said because to keep getting up, to keep trusting God, to keep putting one foot in front of the other and taking everything day by day, walking hand in hand with the almighty that's what it's all about that's what it's all about that is what it's all about and that's a great point to keep trusting god because um one thing that kept my faith um strong and kept me going through you know some of these set setbacks were to not ever put my trust in man. For example, when my parents divorced, if my trust would have just been in them, I would have lost, I would have turned on God and every, like I said, it would have been validated everything they taught me growing up. So um, I learned, and this is a, a, a good, um, tool for life is to not ever put your trust in man man and woman we are humans are imperfect humans will fail you and disappoint you at every turn and you know sometimes when you're in ministry people will put a pastor or a, a evangelist a, you know a minister um 
on a pedestal, in a place where they don't belong. God is the only one that won't disappoint us because, you know, my parents were on a pedestal for me. And then, man, they just, it just, it was devastating that they ended up divorced after all of that. And I really learned that um, if your trust has to be in God and God alone, a God alone, otherwise, this is why people get offended in churches. And, you know, people will always disappoint you and do you wrong and offend you and hurt you. So, you know, you can't just change churches every time someone in a church, a, a spiritually mature Christian will just stick it out and understand that, they are there to serve God. They're there for God. They, their trust is in God, and it's not in any man or any woman. But another thing, too, Michaela, um, for the sake of encouraging people, is that it's best if you can be strong in God before things happen. Amen. So I think preparation is a key component of surviving the trials of life, is have your faith built up before. For example, like um, when my nephew passed away, you know, he had autism and he had a lot of physical challenges and we were believing God for healing, completely believing God for healing. My husband spoke to this, I think, in last Sunday's sermon. He said, you know, we were expecting him one day to just talk. We were faith-filled and believing for healing, but we said, you know what, but God, our, um, our um, commitment to serve you is not conditional on this, even if Alexander doesn't get healed. And then he ended up dying, which took it a worse step. But even if things don't happen, even if he doesn't, you know, take us out of the fire, we'll serve you anyhow. And to be prepared to have your heart really full of faith, um, to be strong in God and in your faith before things happen, because for example, when I was in the hospital bed, well, if I didn't have anything already in me, there, there wasn't time. You know, this was, it was an emergency situation and I didn't have time to dig out verses and to develop a relationship to God. You know, when the storm hits, it hits. And so all that matters is what have you done to prepare yourself? What is your anchor in already before it hits? That's because right. if it's not in God, if it's just in some sand or something, you know, that's not going to see you through, then, you know, you won't make But you just don't have time at that point to get a relationship. So you have to get it. Preparation is everything. Um, trusting God, believing him, knowing that you're with him no matter what. And also knowing... Um, <clears throat> that God will never put on you more than you can bear because you talked about that earlier when you were talking about the snow, like how it does all come to be a perfect storm. Sometimes not in a good way, but yeah. it can all hit at once. And um, one thing I've seen through having some of these crises or setbacks overlap, you know, a financial thing will overlap with um, like my husband and I both have aging mothers now and not good health and not great situations. And then that will overlap with um, church finances or something like that. Then um, <laughs> what I have seen over and over that I can testify to, to and encourage people to is that God has promised us that he won't put more on us than he can bear. So you might feel like you're just about to break under the pressure sometimes. And, you know, 
know, he's sovereign. So we don't, it, it's not even anything I, I've ever wanted or even tried to understand because his ways are higher than our ways. I can't think like him. I'm not God. But one thing I know is that he, even if he allows us, like how he allowed Job to be tested and tried to the point of losing everything, you know, you can feel like you're on the edge of the cliff and you're hanging on by a thread, but you're still hanging on by a thread. He, you can bear that much, but God won't put more on you than you can bear. He won't allow more on you that's going to, you know, push you over the edge. So, um, but the key is to have your faith in God and your relationship with God strong and where it needs to be beforehand. And then when you are in the pits, just life just throws you something and you're in the pit of a pit, you could become just disabled overnight. This is one thing I always say is, you know, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow and I'm not guaranteed to be um, full and healthy tomorrow. I could be in an accident or like that blood clot really helped me to see that. I felt like, you know, they were saying, you know, this is why you have to have the word of God in you before you face something, because they were saying, you know, um, okay, you might not be in a life or death situation, but you could be looking at a quality of life situation. And I just rejected that in the name of Jesus. And, um, you know, I claimed his promise for my life, but, you know, I, I rejected that. But, um, you know, you just don't know, like from day to day, like what if, um, and I didn't even want to know what they meant by that, but like what if they meant um, that I would have a circulation problem with my leg or something like that, you know, right. you just, are, we're not guaranteed my point I think in that was that I had a, something in me to draw from. And, and I also praise God for my husband because I'm not just this perfect little angel that's strong all the time. I, I remember one point I was in that hospital bed and I was just so down, Michaela. And my husband, I praise God. And it's not because he's the apostle or anything. It, this Anybody can fit this role. It's just being a believer, a true believer in God. And he stood by me and he said, honey, I see angels all around your hospital bed. And that's why I said we need each other, you know, because just that word of encouragement, but, and I didn't even receive it. I was like, well, I don't, <laughs> I mean, here's first lady. I don't, I don't see or feel anything. What angels? When am I ever going to get out of here? And what's the, you know, am I going to have my leg when I get out of here? You know, and that was never really a threat, but it was like, I did not feel that at all. And thank God that he did. And he said, um, you know, I, I came around, of course, I said, you know, of course, I know, I immediately got convicted and said, I know, you know, shame on me, God, I'm sorry, I know there are angels here, but we have to just, um, as he's been preaching, see beyond what we can see, you know, the five senses aren't what we, um, and that can, you know, and then I want to just say quickly on the financial thing, because what we learned through the financial thing, you know, the church thing, and God ended up, God turned, I don't have time to get into that, how God turned the whole situation around when we were trying to get into this building. Probably anyone at our church has already heard how that testimony, but the bottom line is what we learned through that was that we live, um, in God's economy, not man's economy. Amen. So it does not matter what the stock market's doing. Even when I got, um, laid out. Well, there's another thing. So I don't know how much time you have for me to just go on and on. Pastor Lisa has had a few setbacks, okay, at times. And you know what? I'm glad that you're talking about these. I'm happy that you're being so real and so honest because people have to know because too many times it just gets assumed, oh, well, that person's not going through anything. They can't understand me. Where are they coming from? I, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't believe them. They haven't gone through anything, you know, okay. but that's number one, biblically, 
it's it's just simply not true. I mean, in this world, you will have trouble. It doesn't say you may, but we all do. So to be very honest about that, and then to encourage people to say, listen, financially, in, in every way, I mean, financially, mentally, spiritually, you know, in your relationships or whatever, all that is included in that, you have had setbacks. Yes. But what we're here to say is this, what seems like setbacks are actually setups by God because God yeah. turned it all around. You have your leg. Thank you, Jesus. I, <laughs> I have seen Pastor Lisa and I can testify that she has two legs and they move and they are hers. <laughs> they are proportionate to one another and she is healthy. You, yeah. I believe through that what i've what i've just kind of discerned and seen kind of as, as we've transitioned in tic is that pastor lisa is stronger now yeah. um even in her faith and that's what i want to because you had talked about faith and you having having that preparation that mm -hmm. is key and i yes. also want to extend off of that and say you can i mean you're going to build faith muscles by going through so <sighs> I mean, there is no way to avoid that. And as you've gone through these setbacks, yes. now you have experienced, there's always a shift that happens. It always turns around to work for our good. We may yeah. have to wait. We may have to endure. We have to bear. We have to go to God over and over and over again. We have to cry about it. We get frustrated about it. And what I love about what you said is, when you were in that hospital bed, even though your husband, he loves you, he's, he's speaking life into you, and we need to have that. We need to surround ourselves in this, like, uh, like Pastor Lisa said, this is your husband and beyond because we need people in our lives that are willing to speak faith even Amen. when we don't see it or feel it. Amen. Because it was because of that, even though at the time you're like, okay, I don't see it or feel it, Right. Now, after, after the fact, which is usually when we have this revelation, right. then you can say, wow, there were angels encamped all yeah. over me and God did keep me and yeah. God was healing me. Yes. But it was through that trial that you have this testimony. Yeah. And that is how you are able to talk about mm -hmm. so perfectly how setbacks are setups because you are a person who experienced setbacks, but now here you are today being, I believe, just moved and shifted into even a new direction that I believe that God is even going to show you. Amen. I believe that God is going to show you even a bigger purpose in that because all of our pain, as you said, and as I completely agree, all of our pain has a purpose. Yes. Everything that we've gone through is for someone else. Yes. Of course, it's easy to look inward and say, God's mad at me. I'm not good enough. It's about my past sins or my be whatever we think of things. We, we feel things. The enemy tries to condemn us of things. But we have to believe as believers yes. that every setback, every trial and tribulation the reason why the Bible tells us that we can count it all as joy is because Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. We endure our trials and our tests and these setbacks for the joy that awaits us because every setback 
will become a setup. It already is. That's right. We're just waiting for God to turn it. But in that moment, what I want to encourage everybody to do, and what I want um, Pastor Lisa to encourage everybody for briefly for a moment to do is to see yourself beyond the setback. Yes. See yourself beyond the stumbling block. It's become a stepping stone in the name of Jesus. Fight, your finances are healed. Your marriage is healed. Your mind is healed. Your emotions are healed in the name of Jesus. I'm pleading the blood. Go ahead, Pastor Lisa, in these closing <laughs> moments. And just, just encourage everyone out oh. there who's, who's dealing with some setbacks. Okay, well, just to piggyback on what you said, you know, um, the thing is to get beyond it. You know, we're walking, what times we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but the key is don't camp out in the valley of the shadow of death. We're walking through it. So the key is to keep moving in order to get past it. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, and be encouraged by, um, you know, the times that you can look back, you know, in the Old Testament, how they would build the altars of remembrance and look back and say, God did it there. I can look, I can look back and say God delivered me through these premature deaths God delivered my body through a health crisis God delivered me through a relationship crisis when my parents got divorced God delivered me when I lost a job and I needed it to support so if he did it all these times then surely he's going to do it again and if he did it for me then he's going to do it for you and I love what you said because the Bible tells us many are the afflictions of the righteous and I want to encourage everybody with the last part of that verse is but God delivers us through them all he's a deliverer and he's going to deliver them through us all and I think the key and to encourage the listeners and the viewers today Michaela is that we have to stay the course we have to stay the course and stay focused beyond this setback and we have to watch out for that tactic of the enemy to just put us down to just lay us down because what we have to do is and i encourage anyone today that's going through a trial and you you feel like you can just barely get through remember that you have the authority when jesus died he gave us all authority over all of the strategies and tactics of the enemy over all sickness over everything we have to remember to get up to get up and take authority over our life we do have the authority over our life and we have like you said at the very beginning it's a choice i have a choice am i going to dwell on these um like my parents divorce people relationship issues am i going to just stay in that pain and dwell on it and let the failures and disappointments of life bog me down or am i going to get up and take authority and make decisions that release release these things to god these things can't control me if i release them and surrender them to god and stay focused like you said on the joy that is set before me because there's always joy there's always purpose god's a god of purpose so he's not going to allow us to go through anything he doesn't allow me to go through um that health crisis just to be mean to me he allowed me he showed me my whole perspective on things shifted um michaela they they shifted things about just how fragile life is how how big God is and how beautifully he's designed our body you know there's always purpose in everything and we can't see it that sometimes when we're going through but that's why we have to trust him and that's why we have to be strong in him before we go through because as long long as we have God we have hope as long as we have a deliverer then there is another side to it and you know we can't just try to figure it out and analyze it and 
and look at how long it's going to be. Or something. We just have to trust God and walk, move, keep walking. Don't ever get camped out in where you are in your pain and in your disappointments and in your hurts, but keep walking, keep moving, take authority over your life, release the things that are bigger than you, the pain and the past, release all of that to God and then just invite him in. He has to be the center of everything. I just told somebody today that if there's not, we were talking about, um, this in the, in the course of marriage, the context of marriage, I was talking to another sister earlier this morning here and saying, you know, if there's not, if God's not in the marriage, there's not hope. Basically, if God's not in the center of your life, then there's not hope. But if he's in the center, then there's nothing hopeless. There's nothing hopeless. So we need to remain encouraged and remain full of hope and know that, you know, if he's delivered me, what he's delivered me from, I'm no different or no better than anybody else and he can deliver and he will deliver us. And I always stand on that promise, but God delivers them through them all so he's going to deliver sometimes yes we might he'll allow us like he did with job he'll allow us to be tested or tried he'll allow us to be put in that fiery furnace but what got them through that fight was they said they said you know we know our god can deliver us we know our god will but even if he doesn't and when you have that kind of faith that says even if he doesn't i'll still serve you god i'll still bow to you i still won't bow over here to these other idols and to these false gods to my conditions to my issues i won't bow to them whether i you deliver but when you have that kind of faith that's when the fourth man appears in the fire and with us you know the angel the son of god it appears with us and so we're never the thing is to remember that we're never alone and don't buy that uh, life from the enemy that your eyes even if you isolate yourself from people you can't nothing can separate us from the love of God no situations not even our own um, you know will can separate us from the love of God we can determine some you know separate ourselves from the blessings of God through disobedience, but that's another story, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. I mean, oh, Pastor Lisa. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? Pastor Lisa, you <laughs> preached. And you so have, have you. <laughs> yes, and you have given us a word that is Amen. going to, I'm encouraged by that. And when I'm experiencing setbacks, and we all do, and I absolutely have, and when I do, I'm going to remember this word. And I pray that everybody that hears this word is going to remember that exactly what Pastor Lisa said, listen, your setbacks, what this comes down to is your setbacks are not your final destination. Amen. You are going beyond the test, beyond the trial, beyond the situation. Yes. No matter how long it takes. So Pastor Lisa, I want to thank you for joining me on Get Spiritually Fit. This has been so just incredible. Yeah. I'm excited. So I was excited before. I'm like, you I'm always excited and now I'm more excited. So thank you for what you poured into us. And um, <laughs> it's been a blessing. It's been a real honor. It's been um I'm encouraged and I hope everybody um you know, because I know they do because you prayed us in before we start, you even started, but I hope everybody just feels, um, you know, and it's not really about what we feel, it's about what we know, but I hope that everybody is just um, impacted by the conversation and the anointing of God on, um, on this 
interaction here. And I just pray that everybody is um, moved and encouraged in God and that the Holy Spirit just moves on the heart of everyone listening and watching us, that he can touch their situation specifically for them the way he's touched ours. I appreciate your encouragement and the honor of being on your show. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, Pastor Lisa. Well, listen, I invite everybody back to Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Faye. And I want everybody to know this. Your life is God's love in action. Just meditate on that. Your life is God's love in action. So beautiful. you receive that as well, Pastor Lisa, because I, I receive it. I receive right. it. God bless.